Welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines. We're brought to you by Wenting Cycle and Mission. Here's your Wenting's word of the week. It is indoors. Mention that word to Bruce or any staff member the next time you are at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. Once again, your Wenting's word of the week is indoors. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. As we get ready to meet the new year, it's time for you to meet the new you. Make 2020 the year you tackle that first triathlon, or maybe your fastest, or maybe you want to run a marathon quicker or finish a fondo faster. TriJoy can help. We'll meet with you in person to discuss your goals, make a training plan, and give you the support you need to achieve them. Email for your free in-person consultation. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page. On our program today, we're back with another Fit Tip of the Week. But first, as you know, the Ironman Canada Triathlon is returning to its original hometown of Penticton after spending seven years at Whistler. The decision has already paid off as the race sold out in less than one week. One of the new features of the race is the race director. Her name is Susie Ernsting. On our podcast today, you'll get a chance to hear how Susie got the job, the challenges that she anticipates as the race director, and how she plans to incorporate her ideas into this iconic Canadian sporting event. Let's meet Susie Ernsting. Welcome again to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, coming to you again uh, on the road, this time from a coffee shop in North Vancouver. Our special guest is the brand new race director for Ironman Canada, Sue Ernstein. Welcome to FitSpeak. Thank you very much. I'm My, excited to be here. Yeah, boy, we've just been chatting off mic for a half hour, just like old friends. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people and places. Um, we were just talking to the barista here at the coffee shop and she had seen your Iron Man jacket and then she told a story about how Penticton is the the natural place, a great place to hold an Ironman race. Little did she know she was talking to the new race director, but I am and I'm so glad you could be part of our podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. So first things first, uh, why did you want the job? Well, I think uh, anybody in the event management world, uh, being the race director of an Ironman is uh, certainly, you know, top shelf in terms of events. Um, The chance to work with Ironman again, I've done a couple of other events for them and contracted with them over the years. What were those? Uh, So the Subaru Western Triathlon Series uh, used to be owned by Ironman. So I was the race director for the Subaru Vancouver Triathlon, the 5150 and the Iron Girl. So... uh, I had a great experience working with the Ironman crew, and after those events went away, I always stuck around. I've worked Whistler for the past five years and Victoria for a couple of years as well, just as part of the ops crew. Mm-hmm. So your part, uh, you and your mm-hmm. husband, who yeah. we had on a previous uh, FitSpeak podcast, um, you've been around forever, and you've got this incredible, it's called M1 Sports Management? Yeah, that's correct. Tell us a little bit about the company and how that came to be. Yeah, so both uh, both Mark and I are lifelong athletes. Uh, both competed at a relatively high level in the sports and ended up uh, meeting each other down in West Virginia of all places. Two Canadians uh, <laughs> in West Virginia. Yeah, in a town of 8,000. Um, we had both been brought down on uh, sports scholarships to the States, stayed down there and did our master's. Mark did his PhD, and then we were both working at the same university when we met. And we, we both love 
loved the sport, knew that uh, we wanted to be involved in somehow and figured that maybe the best way to do that was to work in event management and sport management. So he uh, said, you want to move to Vancouver and start a company? And I'm like, I'm in. So, so the move from... Toronto to Vancouver was you're saying 12 years ago or so yep yeah uh, summer of 2007 we moved to Vancouver the first 17 days straight it rained <laughs> he bought me a really nice rain jacket and I've been here ever since uh-huh yeah. tell us about the early days of the company what sorts of uh, events were you running at that time yeah, so we were really lucky uh, when we arrived in Vancouver. Um, you know, Mark had grown up here. He had a long history in the sport of cycling. Um, a lot of people knew who he was um, and knew that we were here and, and hoping to work in the sports world. It was also the same time uh, Van Ock was recruiting heavily for the Olympics. Um, and we made the conscious effort at that time not to go for an Olympic job, uh, knowing that there was going to be a whole lot of people looking for a job after the 2010 Games. Mm. Uh, so we were able to pick up, a, you know, one or two contracts a year um, for various different events, mostly in the cycling world uh, throughout those first few years. Um, I had a real job. <laughs> what was that? Uh, well, I, I've dabbled in a few things. I was a manager at a Starbucks. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, one very close by to here. Uh, and then uh, I worked with the Vancouver Whitecaps for a couple of years while they transitioned uh, from uh, into the MLS. Mm -hmm. So that was a really neat experience. And um, what was your role with the Whitecaps? was the manager of development teams and player services. Mm -hmm. So essentially I looked after the residency program, which is their kind of academy U19 program. Uh, we did everything from housing, billet, transportation, logistics. Mm -hmm. So team mom uh -huh. <laughs> for those guys. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so we did that. And then once the event was, uh, the business was big enough, mm -hmm. um, we knew we wanted to go all in, so it was either hire somebody or right. jump in with two feet. So uh, I quit my job in 2012, and we've been working together ever since. Mm -hmm. Very yeah. successful. So many huge events. Uh, our yeah. local one in the Fraser Valley, of course, is the uh, Grand Fondo, which yeah. has been getting bigger and bigger and hearing nothing but positive things <laughs> about that race. And, of course, your uh, race out in the Okanagan, the smaller, well, now it's a smaller <laughs> race, which, of course, is the Apple Triathlon in yeah. Kelowna. But let's uh, go back to the, the Ironman. What was the application process like? Uh, what did you have to do to land that one? <laughs> Uh, well, it was a little bit through word of mouth. Um, obviously, I knew the team at Ironman quite well. Um, I also knew the... I'm also very good friends with the race director from Whistler, Christine Cogger. She's... Um, you know, one of my biggest mentors oh. and such a great person. And we've worked really closely the last couple of years. Um, I support her events. She supports my events. Mm. So, you know, I think the first thing first was, you know, was she going to continue on? And I think mm -hmm. um, just based on the proximity, yeah. she's living up in Pemberton. Okay. Uh, she's got three kids. So, mm. you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Um, I already had an event in the Okanagan. Mm. I do a lot of work there. Um, I also had the privilege of being the race director for the Multisport World Championships in 2017. Uh-huh. So I spent quite a lot of time in Penticton the last few years. Yes. Uh, quite familiar with the city and mm -hmm. the Ministry of Transportation and the various stakeholders. Holders, so that's already groups. been in place. So. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I think when they were looking for a race director, you know, I, I had some Ironman experience. Mm -hmm. I'd also had some experience working in Penticton. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it's <laughs> al almost as good as a local suit. Almost. Yeah. You know what? I keep telling Mark, I'm like, when are we going to buy a spot in the Okanagan? Because we spend enough time there now. Yeah, you so. can uh, have a place right next to Mark Shorter's. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, we're here in North Vancouver. The race is in Penticton. There's got to be a lot of traveling back and forth. How do you make this 
personally work logistically? I mean, you're a mother, you've got two children. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it's certainly not easy. Sometimes mm. I think a nine-to-five job would be easier, but mm. uh, but we love what we do. Um, we also, um, you know, have fairly flexible schedules. Most of our events are in the summer, so that leaves me a lot of flexibility in the winter. I'm, you know, I travel to Penticton about once a month, mm-hmm. uh, spend a couple of really good solid days, do the meetings that I can do, and luckily with Skype and Zoom and you know the various technologies, a lot of that stuff I can do remotely, mm-hmm. uh, and then focus on meeting with groups and communities and stuff like that while I'm in town. Yeah, sounds like a a fascinating job. When did you find out you got the job? Because I saw the video. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) yeah. so it was fairly uh, recently before that. Yeah, it was probably right around Ironman Canada this year Mm. was when, you know, we started having the discussion. So up in Whistler, I spent a lot of time in Whistler sussing out how things were done. Um, I've always worked in the Emergency Command Center in Whistler. Um, So I've always been there. um, So you were trying to feed me chicken soup (laughs) at about five o'clock on that Sunday? Oh, no, I was just uh, coordinating the radio Uh, help to get you the chicken soup. you know, we started having those conversations, and then uh, I was lucky enough to spend uh, about four or five days in Penticton uh, with the operations manager and the regional director from Ironman, and mm. we had some great conversations, and mm. yeah, I've been working on it ever since. <laughs> so what was your first duty or chore as race director? Yeah, so I think the first thing, uh, you know, which is still ongoing mm. is um, obviously we secured the venue. Yeah. We have a sold out event. So yes, you that, know, that, that takes nice. a lot off our plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Marketing, check. Okay, exactly. Uh, registration, done. Uh, city support is 100% there. We've got a great team at the city and travel Penticton mm-hmm. that are there, you know, to answer any questions, to feed us any resources, which has been great. Uh, so our first thing was, you know, getting in Penticton, driving all of the various course options for the bike and the run, uh, you know, meeting with our stakeholders, emergency services, all the various communities that are going to be impacted by the event being back there again. Yeah, Oliver. Uh, yeah, Caramias, Oliver, Soyuz, Caramias. Yeah. Yeah, so we've 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 done all of that, and now we've um, you know we're in the process of making sure we you know dot our eyes and cross our t's and get the courses that we want, and then uh, we'll make that public very shortly. <laughs> okay, I think you've already preempted the question, so um, we're pretty certain the swim is going to start somewhere near the Big Peach, and it's going to go out towards some sort of boat like it has been in the past. We kind of got that one figured yeah. out, and from the scuttlebutt on the internet along from some other sources it sounds like the iconic one loop course for the for the cycle is going to be back which is what you kind of said by going through all those communities so the one thing that jeff simon still doesn't know (laughs) and he uh, if he does he's not telling uh the run course still to be announced yeah Uh, for the folks who who um are listening to the podcast um are there a few options out there that you can tell us about yeah, so we, we've literally looked at everything. Um, Tell us everything about everything. <laughs> I mean, there's a million different options. Obviously, mm-hmm. the most recent run course, uh, you know, is a straight out and back uh, to OK Falls and back. It's a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. Uh, Ironman Canada was my first Ironman, and I love that run course. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, from a logistics perspective, it's certainly tricky. It's dark, it's hilly, it's windy. We're not able to close it. Mm. We'd have to light it. You know, the thing that we're experiencing now is that safety and road regulations have changed quite a bit in the Mm. last five years. So what was once able to be done on city streets, um, 
is no more. Okay. Um, so what we're trying to do is, you know, honor as much of the history and the past of the event and the courses while still making sure that we've got a great experience for the athlete, that it's safe, uh, that it works for the community. <laughs> we've literally looked at everything. I've got, I've got my top choice uh, mm-hmm. that's uh, been submitted. <laughs> um, so what we hope to do is limit the number of laps while also making the event as spectator friendly as possible. Mm-hmm. That was one of the neat things <laughs> yeah. about having the um, ITU Long Course Championships yeah. in Penticton. I mean, from a spectator's perspective, having your friends go by, uh, you know, a couple of times, yeah. uh, whether that was for the Canadian Championships in that previous year or for the World Championships, it was it was really neat for, uh, for families to check out. And that was another thing that folks liked about Whistler. Yeah. You know, everything was right there i mean the bike course terrible for viewing in fact it was yeah (laughs) prohibitive but for the run course they could see us suffer and walk and do all those sorts of nasty things in in many different venues so it sounds like we might be you know a little bit of the new a little bit of the old and trying to yeah maybe a little bit something different as well okay difference okay (laughs) uh let's talk about different putting your own personal stamp on the race. I mean, we've had people like uh, Joe Dixon run this, Dave Bullock yeah. run this. Um, you know, it's been an all-boys club. You're the first <laughs> female race director. How does that change things? Well, maybe or just does the first it? female race director in Penticton. I in mean, Pen- yeah, well, so. I mean, Valerie Silk, the first yeah. one ever, right, yeah. in, in, in yeah. Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm taking over from a very awesome race director, Christine Cogger right. in Whistler. Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's certainly a little bit of a boys club, but I think, you know, we've been doing this long enough mm-hmm. um, and and worked in the community long enough that, uh, yeah, I'm excited to put my spin on it. And obviously I've got some big shoes to fill. Absolutely. So <laughs> that doesn't go unnoticed. Personal stamp on the race. What would you like to be? I mean, this is talking down the road. What's, mm. what's a Sioux special race going to look like that might be a little bit different? Oh, that's a that's a good one. I mean, I think we're really looking at, you know, what we can do. You know, I think the, the biggest challenge with this race and, you know, myself included, I mean, Mark and I go to Penticton every year to watch the Ironman or race the Ironman yeah. or train. You know, our club still goes up and trains every year it's on the, the Ironman course. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's a lot of so much history there um, that we really want to be able to honor it. And how do we take, you know, nuggets of the past but also innovating it enough to make it new and fun and exciting and something that people want to come back. Because as great as it was to sell out this year, what I yeah. really want to do is to be able to sell out for the next five years yeah. and really bring this event back to the community in a way that works for the community as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Um, any one specific thing that you can think of now that you're following with a passion? The finish line is going to be awesome. Okay, sounds exciting. <laughs> I'll give you that. Most um, of the athletes always find the finish. It's either tragic or it's awesome. Yeah, I think we've got some exciting ideas floating around. Uh-huh. We've got some great partnerships, with, yeah. um, obviously, with Subaru and our various uh, stakeholders within the city, and we're looking to really make an, an iconic finish line. Uh huh. And one of the things uh, we are hoping to hear is a certain voice at that, but I think we'll, uh, if you're looking for this or listening for the Steve King question, that one is in progress right now so uh, we can't directly say yes or no it's just uh, we know you want to hear the answer it's just not quite let you yet uh, speaking of challenges my goodness two children how are you gonna make this work because um, the challenges of being a race director and the challenges of motherhood and the challenges of being married to mark I mean that's a three ring circus right there you got it I mean uh, I think this July and August we had an event 
every weekend aside from one for eight weeks straight so um you know we're no strangers to the crazy schedule both mark and i thrive off of that uh you know luckily we have very supportive uh grandparents on uh-huh. both sides <laughs> um, that have helped us tremendously and you know this year we we broke down and we got an au pair come stay with us and she did it was great she was able to she actually helped out at some of our events this oh, year really? which was wow. fun because she was interested in the sport and mm-hmm. interested in event management and then she was a great help with the kids and allowed us to have that flexibility uh, because we aren't doing a nine-to-five job and yeah. you know we oftentimes have evening meetings um, <laughs> such as this one Absolutely, and stuff like yeah. that Uh, Because we're working around a variety of schedules and a lot of volunteers. So, you know, their free time is in the evenings. Absolutely. So you have to kind of roll with it and having the support is amazing. What sorts of folks in the the Penticton area do you have in your corner who are kind of helping you out from week to week? Yeah, so obviously, you know, our biggest contacts is, uh, you know, our sport hosting contact, which is Carly Lewis, and she was a great, um, uh, she's new to the city of Penticton, you know, one of her primary objectives was, you know, getting Ironman back, and she's done a fabulous job of, um, you know, connecting us to all the right people to bring the event back, as well as, you know, making sure that we're talking with the right people in order to get done what we need to be done. Um, So that's been really great. Travel Penticton has been fantastic. I also have a whole crew uh, that I worked with in 2017 for the multi-sport world. So it's been really great, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to pick their brains. Obviously, I'd love uh, for some of them to come and work uh, on our crew next summer. Uh, so we'll start building that out in the new year as to, you know, who will help out us out on event week, as well as obviously the big thing. Mm-hmm. We'll be getting uh, volunteer registration open pretty shortly. Yeah. So look for that. And people are excited to sign up and be part of that again. I mean, oh, they are. Yeah, yeah the whole been, community. We've been fielding and, yeah. uh, a lot of inquiries and mm-hmm. we're like, just let us get it. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let us get it open and then it's all yours. So we're excited that there's that much enthusiasm yeah. for people to come to Penticton. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not only from the uh, Penticton area, from around, I mean, um, our daughter from Calgary, she, she wants to be part of, you know, she wants yeah. to be at the finish, doing something, okay. right? So there's, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a big welcome home party in, in August. You've been doing this for a while. You've been doing a lot of races and, mm-hmm. and Mark as well. Now, if you could take something that you got to do as a race director and if you could kind of give that to another person, just kind of <laughs> like one of those jobs you'd rather not have to deal with, what would Ooh. that be? Ooh, that's such a good one. Hmm. What would I not? What would I give away? Like leaf blowing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that's really cathartic. Uh, you know what? I think, um, especially an event like um, you know Penticton, uh, and going through so many communities, we're not only dealing with uh, you know one city and one stakeholders, but we're dealing with many cities and towns and stakeholders mm. along the way. Um, and it's not that I enjoy it, but it's a, it's a big job making yeah. sure that we're properly informing the communities all around the course mm-hmm. and uh, that everybody is in the loop with all the decisions we're making, even though the event's taking place 90 kilometers away. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, that's the scope of, uh, of an Ironman race. I mean, especially yeah. on the, the one loop bike course, right? <laughs> no, that's, for sure. And that's yeah. what makes it special. You've got a bit of history at the Ironman. Um, what was the year that you had done it first? 
Uh, so I've only done, I've done two Ironman before oh. we decided to have kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Haven't managed one since, uh, but I did uh, Ironman Canada in 2010. 2010. I went up in 2009 to cheer on some friends. Uh-huh. The next thing you know, I was not lining up overnight and I'd signed up for 2010. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the year it hailed up in Yellow Lake. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We had some friends uh, up there at the wrong time of day in the afternoon and yeah. they had a chilly, chilly bike ride back into town. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. How did uh, you fare on that? You know what? I had a great race yeah. i think ignorance uh is bliss <laughs> yeah. to a certain res- <laughs> uh, i didn't quite know what to expect uh you know i came from a swimming background so i love the swim mm-hmm. married to a cyclist so i got through the bike and then it was just managing the marathon yeah uh, and then in 2012 i did ironman Coeur d'Alene. Mm-hmm. so and yeah. what year was that again so 2012 2012 yeah and that was a warm day Yes. 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 <laughs> I don't remember that one as much as Ironman Canada. I think yeah. because I know Penticton so well, yeah. I I can remember various parts of the course mm-hmm. and my day. Uh, Coeur d'Alene's a little bit of a blur. <laughs> yeah, and Coeur d'Alene no longer exists now. They had that running for what was it, ten, maybe twelve years, something yes, like that. Yes, although and I think I thought I heard, I thought I saw an article or a post that it might be coming back, oh, or really? that they've approved it to come back in a couple of years. Don't quote me on that one, okay. but I thought I saw something post. Uh, posted on Facebook or something oh, okay. like that. Because there, there's, I mean, working for for the Ironman Corporation, they're uh, experimenting with bringing races back. Like I understand, St. George, Utah is going to be hosting another Ironman distance race. Yeah, so I think it's it's natural with events. Yeah. Um, you know what the athlete wants has changed very much throughout the years. I think no, we saw. We a, all want a downhill course. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Me too. K, yeah. <laughs> with no sharp corners where we have accidents. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think. Yeah. You know, for a while there, there was a large influx of people getting into the full Ironman. So there was yeah. a lot more of those. I think the reality is, is not everyone can do a full Ironman multiple times a year or many years. So now we've seen a big influx of halves. Uh, you know, there's also a lot of co- competition in the event world with Grand Fondos and Tough Mudders and Spartan races. It's a lot of competition for the... Uh, yeah. There's no shortage of events, you know, even just here in Vancouver on every weekend of the year, you're Mm -hmm. going against multiple events. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, Ironman, just like everybody else is having, you know, to make adjustments to the races Mm -hmm. uh, as the landscape changes. Uh Tell us about um, what the pro race is going to look like this year. Now, traditionally, what's been happening is there's either a men's pro race or a women's pro race. Is that, are you going to have either or this year? No. So the reason why... Uh, Whistler's done that for the last several years is because it always coincides the same weekend as Lake Placid. Okay. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. now that we're back to our traditional Mm -hmm. Ironman Canada weekend at the end of August, we'll have both the men's and women's pro race. Pro races, money for both. Yep. Yeah. So some of the best in the world. And the exciting thing, if I've got this right, is that those qualification spots for those athletes who want to choose to do Hawaii, that's not going to be for that year. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. So, um, and apparently the race used to do this back in the day as well, but you'll be qualifying not for 2020, but for 2021 Kona. So it'll be the first qualifier yeah, as opposed to the last qualifier. Yeah. Um, and that was something that, you know, prevented some of the folks from trying Penticton back in the day. And, you know, uh, when both Lori Bowden and Peter Reed had won it, they were, you know, kind of rolling the dice because, you know, to be able to perform well in August and then, you know, six weeks later, six weeks <laughs> yeah. later, be at the top of your game in Hawaii. That was quite a challenge. And they, they did it and sometimes successfully. But, yeah. you know, that's that's a risk that the pros and the age groupers won't sure. have to take again this year. So yeah. that's that's an exciting thing. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Mm-hmm. Before we let you go, we're going to ask you the uh, 
traditional FitSpeak ending question. All right. So uh, this is one I haven't prepped you on. Um, so if you could be an animal other than a human being, what animal would you be and tell us why? Oh, well, I think I say on a daily basis <laughs> that if I were ever to come back as another animal, I'd come back as a dog. Oh, you're uh, ready for this. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, I, th I feel like our dog has it, you know, pretty yeah. good. We live out in the woods. Yeah. She, you know, she trail runs, she mountain uh -huh. bikes, she lazes on the couch during the day. <laughs> she's proud of, and you know, she gets lots of belly rubs from the kids. Mm -hmm. So I think she's got it pretty good. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time, Sue. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And here's your FitSpeak 85 Fit Tip of the Week. And this one is for you if you're a late night snacker. There's a lot of talk about not eating after supper time, but if you just can't do it, well then it's better to snack on something that is healthy, or at least healthier than sneaking off to McDonald's for a Big Mac or opening up that can of pumpkin pie filling from the kitchen thinking your significant other wouldn't notice. They will. And so will your waistline. So listen up to these smart snacking alternatives for the late night crowd. Option number one, have some plain Greek yogurt. Add in your own cinnamon and vanilla extract. A 2014 study suggests that mixture can help you boost your metabolism for the next day. Option number two, drink about six to eight ounces of tart cherry juice. Try having some during the day as well as before you go to bed. The health gurus claim that the melatonin found in the cherry juice can help you correct your sleep cycle, which will have you snoring like a chainsaw instead of howling at the moon. I guess either way your wife loses, but at least you'll be getting some shut-eye. Option number three, if it's the night before a race and you're feeling anxious, try having a couple of crackers along with an ounce of cheddar or Swiss cheese. The refined carbs in the cracker and the tryptophan in the cheese can promote tiredness. I guess you really don't have to take it the night before a race, but you get the idea. So there you have it, three tips for late night snacks that might actually do you some good. Once again, those options are, Greek yogurt with vanilla extract and cinnamon. Option two, a glass of tart cherry juice. Option three, a piece of cheddar or Swiss cheese along with a couple of crackers. We'd like to thank Megan Keita from Runner's World with those three options. And that's your Fit Tip of the Week. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Your Wenting's Word of the Week is indoors. Once again, your Wenting's Word of the Week is indoors. We're also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Whether your goals are iron, golden, or ultra, our low client-to-coach ratio ensures you get the one-on-one -on -one time you deserve to achieve your potential. It's TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. See the link at the bottom of this page to book your free consultation and goal-setting session. We'd like to thank our guest this week, the new race director for Ironman Canada, Susie Ernstein from N1 Sports Events Management. Coming up next time on FitSpeak, Mikey Ross will be back for his top five list. And our special guest is a guy who's making our province a kinder, gentler, and warmer place for the Christmas season. 
Greg Alds from Blankets from BC will be our guest. For all of us at Fitspeak, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening.